everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm really excited about today's guest and today's episode because we are going to talk about our thyroid. And maybe some of you have a totally perfect thyroid. Maybe some of you know you have a thyroid disorder. Maybe some of you suspect your thyroid could be a little off. The thyroid is the master gland. It is so, so important. And in our world where there's so many things we're battling, stress, toxins, chemicals, and on and on and on, oftentimes our thyroids get a little wonky. I notice it especially in women, but it definitely happens in men too. I started having a wonky thyroid after, well, I'm not even going to say what I think triggered it because I'm not completely sure. So I don't want to put anything out there, but something happened that I think set my thyroid off. It was probably already maybe delicate. And I got diagnosed with a thyroid disorder, hypothyroidism. I don't even remember when, I mean, at least 10 years ago, maybe even more. Anyway, I have had been up and down on medication and have had a lot of shame about it and have tried to get off and have seen many practitioners. And I was really, really struggling at the end of 2019 and 2020. I was mismanaged in terms of my thyroid. I was mismedicated and I was in a really dark place. Like it was just like, oh man, like this is, this is a dark place. And I met McCall McPherson, my guest today. I'll tell you more about her in a moment. And she saw me, (laughs) she understood how to treat me. And I have felt so much better. And my thyroid has been stable ever since getting on her protocol. So much so that I was able to have a healthy natural pregnancy and delivery. Um, My thyroid came back. We'll talk a little bit more about pregnancy and thyroid in the episode. But I just know how many people are misdiagnosed and mismanaged and how many doctors don't really do the right testing when it comes to thyroid. And we will talk about that in the episode. So let me tell you about McCall. McCall McPherson is the founder of Modern Thyroid Clinic, a thyroid-centered functional medicine practice in Austin, Texas, and now the owner and chief hope giver of Thyroid Nation. She is a physician assistant, TEDx speaker, and a thyroid expert by way of being a thyroid patient. Her passion for perfecting thyroid treatment stemmed from years of her own suffering due to the mismanagement of her own hypothyroidism. Now she lives, breathes, and thrives in understanding the nuances of proper thyroid care. Her philosophy is simple. There's no reason to still have thyroid symptoms. She spends her whole time with patients to help them get their lives back and teaching and advocating for millions of others suffering who aren't even her patients. You can learn more at modernthyroidclinic.com and her personal website, McCall McPherson. And I'd like to thank my sponsor for this episode, Organifi. Today, I want to talk to you about their green juice. So one of the biggest complaints I've heard about green drinks is that they taste bad. (laughs) Most green drinks taste like you threw grass clippings and dirt into a glass of water. The good news is Organifi green is not like that. When you take a sip of it, you'll be surprised at how good it tastes without any crapola in it. It's amazing and refreshing and you don't have to mix a lot of other stuff in it to mask the taste. It's awesome just in water. So if you want to get the vitamins and minerals you need every day while not having to necessarily eat every single veggie and want it to be cheaper than buying a bunch of organic vegetables as well, you can subscribe and save, get all the organic nutrients you need for as low as $1.98 a day, or just order what you need when you need it. Go to Organifi.com slash over it. Use the promo code over it for 20% off. And now on to my conversation with McCall McPherson. Hi, McCall. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. 
Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled, thrilled to talk with you and, and share our message. Well, I, first of all, thank you because I met, found you in 2020 after having just a lot of issues with thyroid medication and not having the right dose and being up and down and just actually being miserable. Like when, when hormones are out, it doesn't matter what you do. Life is just really foggy and really hard and you kind of feel crazy. And I found you and our first call was Zoom and I finally felt like someone understood me and my struggle and you helped me. And thank you so much because I've been level since you helped me through my pregnancy and I just have a lot of gratitude for you. Well, thank you. I mean, that, that means an enormous amount to me and just, it's honestly, it's my honor to get to walk women through this kind of what I consider like a very difficult, but sacred journey. So Mm. thank you for taking that journey and wanting to empower other women. Oh, it's my pleasure. And this has been a journey you've walked and I'd love for you to share a little bit about why you've gone into diving deep into thyroid and hormones. Yeah. So, you know, when I was 27, I was already a, a practicing PA practicing medicine, had already been diagnosed with a thyroid disorder, was on Synthroid and was absolutely going to bed at 3.30 in the afternoon every day. Mm. So I would go to work and kind of push through and come home and immediately go to bed. Mm. Um, I was resting enough to recover from that day and trying to rest enough to prepare to go back to work the next day. And weekends were like identical, you know, just soaking up any amount of rest that I could. You can't rest your way out of hypothyroidism, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And I was fatigued, brain fog, you know, had gained weight. I had high cholesterol. My doctor was trying to put me on a cholesterol medication. I, um, my hair was, you know, breaking, falling out. My skin was dry, absolutely no libido. So all the classic signs of hypothyroidism, I knew that something was going on with my medication. I knew it wasn't right. I repeatedly and repeatedly, like so many women tried to advocate for myself with my physician and was just shot down, told that my thyroid medication was fine, told that actually he needed to reduce my medication because I was over-medicated despite having literally almost every hypothyroid symptom. And, you know, eventually like showed up with a list of more in-depth labs that I asked him to run and was again, just shut down, shot down and dismissed and sent away. And Eventually I got on the wait list for back then, the only integrated medicine doc in Austin and Mm. really saw him, waited months to see him, but saw him and had my life back in three to six months. And quickly he became a mentor to me. And I've just devoured every bit of data I could find on hypothyroidism and thyroid issues. And then created what's really great is when you do this all day, every day, you create your own data sets, you find your own patterns, you really get to hone in on the nuances of, Hey, how can we get these people well? So that's that's what I get to do at Modern Thyroid Clinic all day, every day now. Mm. And when you went to that doctor, what did he do differently than all the other doctors yeah. were doing? Because I'm sure your GP or whoever you saw ran your labs and ran the traditional labs most GPs do. So what did he change that made the difference? Yeah. So obviously my general practitioner was running TSH, sometimes TSH and T4, which is useless when you're on a levothyroxine or synthroid-based medication. The new doc ran a full thyroid panel, you know, did more in-depth labs, actually got a picture of what was going on, and then was willing to put me on a different form of medication. And I actually got on Armour Thyroid, which is a combination of inactive and active thyroid hormone that I'm still on, you know, to this day and absolutely profoundly changed my life. Yeah, it did for me too. I mean, that's what you put me on. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, I'm not crazy. I'm not depressed. I I like have energy. My I can think clearly because it's it's so frustrating to know who you are 
And I'm going mm-hmm. through a little bit of this now postpartum. It's like to know who you are and to be this different person and not be able to find yourself again. Like to, yeah. to be like, where am I in here? And how does a thought like a thyroid that's not balanced, like what does it do to us? Yeah. To put it most simply, I almost describe it as it slows everything down and dries everything up. So basically it puts a halt to your one of your major physiological mechanisms of energy, right? So that affects everything. It affects, of course, your, your level of energy versus fatigue, but it, it affects your executive function, your ability to think, be creative, your ability to have the capacity to have a libido, you know, a metabolism. So really it's one of the, the few core pieces of your metabolic and physiologic energy and without it, it's just your life force kind of gets drained, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And what is the cascading effect it has on your other hormones? Yeah. So in, in women, obviously it can very early start to impact their progesterone and their testosterone. As women, we don't have a lot of reserves for those. And so, you know, low testosterone leads to fatigue, low sex drive, poor physical stamina, like people that are exercising, they can never get stronger, faster. They can never build muscle mass. Um, you know, and then progesterone really protects women from the maddening impact of PMS. So basically with low progesterone, you're anxious, you're agitated, you're not sleeping. Um, you can have, you know, some breast tenderness, heavy periods, crampy periods, and just really a miserable last half of your cycle. And then slowly too, it impacts estrogen. So that's when women start to lose their um, periods. It impacts our adrenals, which is another form of energy currency for our body. And when our thyroid is off, our adrenals are compensating, but they can't do that forever. They get tired too. So that's kind of the female profile. And the male is definitely testosterone as well. I mean, I can't tell you how many men that I've seen for low T, low thyroid that have been diagnosed with depression, you know, and it's, it's Mm. purely biological, but, but it's manifesting as depression symptoms. Yeah. When I have people on the show or clients come to me that are just like, I'm depressed. I don't know why I can't get out of it. One of my first questions is, have you had your hormones checked? And I'm so, you know me, I am so holistic. I want to do things naturally as much as I possibly can. I'd love to just Dr. Joe Dispenza, my thyroid back into health. And he'd probably tell me I could but <laughs> at the same time, sometimes when you're, when you're, cause medication in my experience, in my opinion can be a cast and it can be something we can use mm-hmm. when we heal and we get better and then we can get off of it. Or it can just be something that, you know, we may need. So I'd love your viewpoint on, you know, cause I, I know a lot of women, especially well, people, but mostly women I've spoken to who are so holistic and so pure and like, don't drink out of plastic bottles and everything's super pure. And that's amazing. Like I, I try to do that as much as I can too, but, and have so much judgment on going on medication, especially thyroid medication. Um, yeah. I'd love, I'd love your thoughts on that. That's such a great question. Oh my gosh. So I have a lot of intense thoughts about that, mainly because I deal with women who largely would absolutely lifestyle their way out of this situation if they could, you know? And so I feel bad that they would ever feel, and they do, they, women are told over and over and over, this is your fault. This is in your head. 
there's, you know, you need to fix this when in reality, this is not the burden of them to bear. It's actually a, a biological issue that has to be often, not always, but often fixed with medication. And what I tell women that are struggling with that construct of taking medication is look, this will make the effort and the work that you put into your lifestyle count. Yeah. And it will amplify those effects. It will protect you from getting prediabetes and high cholesterol, despite having a really perfect lifestyle, because that's ultimately what happens. I mean, people will get put on Lipitor when they live wonderfully, but their thyroid is creating their elevated cholesterol. Um, and then the other thing that I think it impacts so profoundly is women that try to fix all of this inherently without supportive measures when they actually need them, their life gets very small. You know, mm. it becomes about managing their health all the time. And it strips them of, of a lot of their freedom of living their life because everything has to be accounted for, for them to be able to function. And I don't want women living like that. I want them to have balance in their lives. You know, I want them to be resilient and not have to do everything perfect in their life to be able to get up, enjoy their kids and go to work and have some energy at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. What do you see in men? Do you see kind of the same thing or do you see them just kind of pushing through? You know, men, so men are unique in my situation because the only men almost that come to my practice are brought by their significant other and they mm. would not come on their own. I have very few men that would show up on their own and be ready for, you know, some hormonal work, whether it's thyroid or testosterone. Mm. I definitely think men push through and they do not realize how they feel. Oh, and I, I love what you said. And this is what, what it came down to for me too. Like, I'd love to lifestyle my way out of it. I'd, I'd love to. And I have the the tools and the knowledge and the equipment. You know, I've got my inference on I got my cool budget. Yeah, the grip, mm -hmm. all those things to do it. And I just know for me, when my thyroid's been off and I haven't been on the right dose of medication, how dark it is. And yeah. I have to, it would literally be a full-time job for me to- Absolutely. Get it to this point. And so- I mean, I chose Armour Thyroid. That's what you're on to. What's the difference between that? And I mean, talk, talked a little bit about it, but just so people can be educated because a lot of doctors will suggest Synthroid. What's the difference between that and some of the more traditional prescriptions? So fantastic question. So, you know, I'll answer this going into this question with, you know, levothyroxine is the number one prescribed medication in America, not just for thyroid, for like anything. And it has been for, I think the last three to five years. Really? So levothyroxine, yes. Isn't that crazy? Ugh. I know it's really sad. So levothyroxine is the generic form of Synthroid. They're almost interchangeable. Other meds, other names for these meds are T-Recent, um, Unithroid, Lavoxyl, Euthyroxin in Europe and other countries. So these medications all have one thing in common they are all completely inactive inert hormones. Okay. So what that means is when you're given these medications, your clinician or physician is relying on your biology, your body to activate those medications, to make them usable. I give the analogy of crude oil. So we don't really put crude oil directly in our car to make it go. We need it to make gasoline to put in our car to make it go the amount of crude oil we have does not correlate to the amount of miles we can go in our car. We've got to, we've got to convert it and activate it first and make it into gasoline. Women everywhere, clearly, if it's the number one prescribed medication in America are being given a massive amount of crude oil without the tools and the ability to convert it to gasoline efficiently. Mm. And so 
you've got to have the gasoline-based hormone or T3, free T3 for your thyroid symptoms to resolve so that you're not fatigued, so that you're not you know, struggling with brain fog, poor metabolism, and all the other things that we discussed. But when you give a bunch of people T4, I would estimate, you know, a huge, huge, more than half of them do not use that medication and they will stay symptomatic forever, irrespective of the dose that they are on. It doesn't matter how much crude oil I give you. If you can't make it into gasoline, you don't have, you can't go anywhere in your car. Mm. So it's very different. Whereas armor is, it has some crude oil in it, but it also has some active thyroid hormone in it. And that is your T3. That's your gasoline. That's your most important hormone. The other difference is Synthroid Levothyroxine, they're synthetic-based medications. Armor is a natural derivative of pig thyroid gland. So it is a glandular product that's found in nature. And so that also divides them. I, in my opinion, feel that that is less what drives people's improvement on armor. And I think it's more the T3. Mm. But definitely when it comes to people post-thyroidectomy who don't have a thyroid and they're missing all those adjunctive little parts of thyroid hormones that are more minor, um, armor especially serves those people well. Mm. What, and I'm sure you get a lot of people that have been a doctor to doctor to doctor and they finally find you and all kinds of doctors like yours have told them, it's not your thyroid, your thyroid is fine. What are some key things you would like people to know. Like if you're suffering from this and your doctor's telling you your thyroid is fine, you might want to <laughs> come see you instead and have like, and we'll talk about what a full thyroid panel looks like, but what are some indicators that a thyroid's off that a lot of doctors may miss? Yeah. So I always tell my patients too, there's this moment of panic when people are about to see me that they don't actually have a thyroid problem. You know, they're <laughs> like, I have all these symptoms, but what if it's not this? Because that's been ingrained into their mind. But honestly, what I tell people is, look, if you're fatigued and you have brain fog and a sluggish metabolism, low libido, you know, dry skin, brittle nails, hair loss, if you've got three of those, especially fatigue, brain fog, weight gain, there's a decent chance you have a thyroid disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you are on Synthroid Levothyroxine and you're still having symptoms and your doctor's telling you that your thyroid is fine, it's not fine. They're not doing the right labs and they're not using the right ranges. Um, it is a hundred percent your thyroid, but you need someone that has a more attuned approach to this because to be honest in medicine, it is grossly oversimplified. Mm. It really is. And it's such a, such a nuance. Thyroid and hormones is such a nuance. Um, what is a panel that people should get for their thyroid? What, what labs should be done? So a full thyroid panel is TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3. I definitely always advocate for people to get antibodies as well, which is TPO or thyroid peroxidase antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies. Okay. So that's a Hashimoto's. Oh, that's it. Okay. I was going to ask about that. And ranges, I mean, can you just off the top of your head, give ranges people should be in for those things? Absolutely. So I like to freely share this information because you have to drive your own thyroid care. Your doctor's not really going to drive that bus very well. So um, the more information people can have, the better. So my range, and these are dynamic, obviously, but this is a, if we need to break it down into like a checkbox system, I want your TSH less than 1.8, ideally closer to one. I want your free T4 between about 0.9 and 1.2. I want you sitting throughout the day in terms of your free T3 between about 3.6 and 4.2. I want your reverse T3 less than about 12 to 15. 
and your Hashimoto's antibodies, I would love for your TPO to be less than 34, ideally less than 14, and your thyroglobulin to be less than four, ideally less than one. And does it matter what time of day you do these labs? Fasting, not fasting, if you're taking medication, what should people consider when they're getting these labs drawn? Such a good question. So this is where my approach and a lot of advocacy platforms online in the world of thyroid, we differ quite dramatically. If you are on levothyroxine synthroid, you do not have to fast for your labs. You can take your medicine that morning and basically go anytime because of its extremely long acting nature. If you're on a form of T3, so that is cytomel, lyothyronine, armor, or NP thyroid, you need to get your labs checked at the peak of your medication so you can tell what your medication is doing at its highest point. For armor and NP, that is about three to four hours after you take your medication. You do not need to be fasting. And then for lyothyronine or cytomel, that's about two to three hours after you take your medication, not fasting. Yeah, it's so specific. It's so specific. And I think this is why a lot of people get frustrated because, and feel like they're crazy because, and I'm not throwing doctors under the bus. I just think that even doctors aren't really educated on the nuances of things. And that's why I'm glad specialists like you are out there because I can think of so many friends who they tell me their symptoms. I'm like, have you had your thyroid checked? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, what did your labs, what did they run? This and this. Oh, that's not enough. You need, right. to, you need what time of day did There's you go? So like many barriers. So many. You know? Oh, so many. There is. And it's underappreciated. It's just, it's not, everyone's like lackadaisical about it. Just, you know, it's just not a big deal. You just go whenever. It, it, there's not an art, a science, a nuance to any of it most of the time. And there needs to be. Let's talk about pregnancy and thyroid. So I was, I'm so glad I had you because I was so nervous about being on medication during my pregnancy and like making sure, cause pregnancy is, I would say quite taxing on the body. And I, I, I know I've talked to a couple women who are like, I have to get off my thyroid medication cause I want to get pregnant. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> I no, don't no. know. So can you speak a little bit about thyroid? And I remember Sorry, I'm throwing in one more story question. I remember going to see an endocrinologist before I met you when I was still living in California. And because I was just trying to figure out this thyroid thing. And he he told me that I could only be on T4 during my pregnancy. And I was like, listen, when I'm only on T4, it's bad news bears. Like it's 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 dark. It's not good. He's like, Well, mm-hmm. you can't you can't take any T3 when you're pregnant. And it honestly like kept me from getting pregnant for a while because I was like, I don't think I could do it. Um yeah. So can you talk a little bit about thyroid medication and pregnancy, please? Absolutely. So there's a couple kind of things to consider here. One is leading up to pregnancy and that pre-pregnancy sort of planning phase. It's so important that your hormones are balanced, your T3, your T4, that will help you with conception and maintaining early pregnancy. Um, Moving through pregnancy is where regular medicine starts to go back and revert back to this one size fits all approach without any amount of critical thinking. So really the traditional approach for medicine advocates for T4 only during pregnancy. That is again, levothyroxine synthroid in its simplest form. That is, you know, a driving huge force of fatigue and terrible thyroid symptoms for so many women and men. Um, the problem with that approach is a, it doesn't allow you in early stages to regulate your hormones, to get pregnant, to conceive, um, and maintain early pregnancy. And two, it's, it's frankly quite, 
quite unbearable for many, a huge portion of the thyroid population. But the reason that that is propagated is because T3 or active thyroid hormone cannot cross the placental barrier. So your baby is, is only able to respond and receive T4. So regular approach looks at this as if a person, if a woman gets any amount of T3, it's going to suppress her T4, which is wildly untrue, right? We know that throughout your pregnancy, because we neurotically check, mm-hmm. your T4 was very balanced. Your T3 was very balanced. It's something that we talked about frequently. I balanced your T3 for you mm-hmm. and your T4 for the baby. And you can easily do that throughout pregnancy, either on armor alone with a combination of Levo armor or Levo and Cytomel. So the important thing is just that the baby has access to T4, which is a very easy thing to control, maneuver, predict, all of that. So, um, and I think, as you said, T3 is so hugely important in so many factors of our of our health and well being. You don't strip that away from pregnant women. It, it serves a function. We're made to have T3. You don't need to mm-hmm. not have T3 when you're pregnant. We walk around with T3 all the time. Mm. Mm. What happens in pregnancies where a woman's thyroid or to the baby where a woman's thyroid isn't optimal or even just, you know, passable? Yeah. So, you know, it's a quite a dangerous thing if a woman is hypothyroid and does not have enough T4 during pregnancy, it can, you know, create developmental um, issues in brain and heart and lasting permanent kind of issues with the baby. Um, and so I, I do hear about these women sometimes that are like, oh yeah, I got off of that for pregnancy. And you know, this is historically they're telling me and it's red flags are going off of why didn't someone, you know, educate this person that actually when you're going into pregnancy, pre-pregnancy planning and throughout pregnancy, it is incredibly important to make sure your thyroid is balanced. And that's why, you know, at Modern Thyroid Clinic, we split the time that we normally check labs in and we go from three months to every six weeks yep. just to make sure everything's okay. Yep. I was going every six weeks religiously <laughs> and you were checking <laughs> It's me. a pain, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's so worth it. It's so, And you were checking my progesterone too. Um, mm-hmm. And I know actually we were both kind of surprised because my progesterone was really great in the second pregnancy. And um, we did put me on some just to, just for safeguarding. Um, it's like, mm-hmm. wouldn't hurt, but it was, it was, it was actually quite good throughout. But I think part of the reason why is because we had my thyroid balanced so that my progesterone could come up. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. For people who are considering are like, you know what? I think this, um, medication is a cast. It's not something I may need for a while. I went through a stressful time. I feel more balanced now. What are some, or, or another way to phrase this question would be, what are some indications that you're over-medicated or maybe it is time to get off? And you just needed thyroid medication for a temporary period. Maybe you needed it when you were pregnant or you needed it through a stressful time, but now you don't need it anymore. What would be some signs of that? Yeah, great question. So I call those people that are able to go on thyroid medication for a season, uh, they, they fall into a particular category that I see. And I, I call them pure people with a pure conversion disorder. So their thyroid actually produces enough hormone. So that's reflected in labs as not an elevated TSH. They have enough T4. They just have difficulty taking that T4, that inactive hormone, and activating it. And that is largely due to just what you mentioned. I mean, it's lifestyle, it's stress, it's inflammation, it's not sleeping. 
you know, it's infections, it's pregnancy. Um, those times your body's meant to make you tired. It's trying to make you recover. Well, once people move out of that season, they really might not need this anymore. I mean, I would definitely say I'd advocate for getting labs, you know, to, to get that data and go slow, but signs or symptoms rather clinically that you would experience if, Hey, you were on this and now you might not need it, or you might need less would be jittery kind of stimulated feelings, anxious palpitations, heat sensitivity, like you're just running a little hot. Basically, I describe it. I know you've heard me say this. I describe it a lot like being over caffeinated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember because we had to up my dosage when I was pregnant and then postpartum, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm a little yeah. jittery. And we did the labs and you're like, yep, time to time to come off. And now I think it was only, I don't know, just a couple months and I was back on my my pre-pregnancy dose. So it was it was beautiful to see, okay, we can do the labs. We can track it. We can give my body what I need during pregnancy. And I had a really healthy pregnancy. And then, you know, my body leveled out and I just went back to my baseline dose. And what was, mm-hmm. I remember the other thing you told me in our last appointment about how pregnancy, if you have a thyroid issue and disorder, and I'm going to, we're going to talk about thyroid disorders in a second, um, can push you into like Hashimoto's or something like that. Um, do you remember what I'm talking about? Did you talk yeah, about that? I think so. Yeah. So postpartum, so during pregnancy, if you go into pregnancy and you have Hashimoto's, usually those antibodies go into remission. Mm. Your body shuts down on that autoimmune activity because it doesn't want your immune system hyperactive because it could attack the baby um, inadvertently. So your immune system gets suppressed. That's why pregnant women are immunocompromised. But postpartum, especially during a season of breastfeeding, your immune system turns back on like with a vengeance. It really becomes hyper aware and hyper acute. And women are most prone to autoimmune disorders at that time during that phase. So um, it's a common thing that we want to screen people and make sure, especially if they ever had any history of thyroid disorders, Hashimoto's, we want to make sure they're not moving back in that Hashimoto's or Graves mm-hmm. state postpartum when their immune system's overactive. Mm. And I've been lucky. I've never had any thyroid antibodies. I've never had an autoimmune disorder. My numbers have always been really low on that, but I guess I've had a thyroid disorder. So can you go through the distinction between, because sometimes I've told people I'm on thyroid medication and they're like, oh, do you have Hashimoto's? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the yeah. difference between the two? Yeah. And I like to delineate these. They're very separate entities. So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition where your body starts attacking itself and it mounts that attack on your thyroid gland. And what happens over time is that attack creates an inflammatory response that triggers the replacement of your actual thyroid hormone secreting tissue with almost scarry inflammatory tissue. And that doesn't work as well. So it doesn't secrete hormones as well. And that leads to hypothyroidism in a lot of cases. So that is Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. Um, Hashimoto's is largely influenced by lifestyle inflammatory levels. It is not really influenced by medication. So Mm -hmm. hypothyroidism is what's actually treated with medication. Now, the other category of thyroid people that I see that in my practice are, you know, they exceed the Hashimoto's they're probably, you know, 50 or 60% of my practice are non-Hashimoto's hypothyroid people. And those are people who, for whatever reason, over time, their thyroid has lost function. And I say, you know, in women, it's a, a, in my opinion, it's not a matter of if, but when all women are going to have a thyroid disorder at some point in their life, if they're properly screened. 
Mm-hmm. But as we age, a lot of our hormones start to drop off. And I see that in thyroid even earlier. And I don't know if it's necessarily environmental, if you know it, it's something going on that we're being exposed to that's depleting our thyroid hormones. There's you know new studies coming out about that every once in a while, but it's still yet to be determined. But it's a huge force in, in the thyroid community is this non-Hashimoto's loss of thyroid function. That would be what I am, yeah? Yep, exactly. Yeah. What do you think it is? What does your gut think it is? I definitely think it's something environmental. I mean, I just think we're exposed to an incredible amount of toxins, BPAs, chemicals that I think are just permanently kind of shifting the way that our physiology works. I mean, vitamin D is another perfect example. Why are we all of a sudden, 100% of us vitamin D deficient? Why can we no longer absorb and assimilate this? You know, I think something's going on that's triggering that shift. Mm. And I think it's getting worse. I think people two decades ago didn't, or two generations ago didn't have the same issue. I agree. Is, is our thyroid disorders more prevalent in the U.S. than let's say Europe or other countries? That's a great question. I don't think I can answer that mainly because the diagnostic criteria for hypothyroidism globally is getting worse, not better. They're trying to raise the limit of a TSH to 10 to uh-huh. be at di- Isn't that crazy? And you I, want, you want t- it around one, right? I want it around one. It used to be around five, but they're saying people that get treatment, of course, with levothyroxine, when their TSH is less than 10, don't get better. So we don't actually need to treat them. Isn't that crazy? That's so let's not crazy. look at the treatment we're using. It's mind-blowing. This is the new newest parameters of thyroid treatment. So instead of looking at the treatment they're offering, and maybe that being the reason these people aren't getting better, they want to actually increase the range of TSH to allow people to get worse before they'll treat them so that they actually do in fact get better with Levo. Oh my gosh. Mind blowing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's backwards. Oh, it's so backwards. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay. So if somebody has gone to their doctor, they can either advocate for themselves and say, these are labs that I want, and these are mm-hmm. the ranges they need to be in, or they can try to find, they can try to get an appointment with you. I know your wait list is crazy right now. How long is it right now to get in to see you? You know what? So I basically shifted the way that I take new patients and I've made it a little bit more challenging. People can g- come in to see me sooner, but they have to pay for a package for a year package. Okay. So that's the only way I take new patients. Now, other clinicians at modern thyroid clinic, who obviously are great too, they're trained by me, take people on outside of packages and have a reasonable wait list. But I also have recently, Christine created a new way for people to be able to get support. I've created a course called thyroid empowered, where basically Mm. it takes people through all the information they need to know, takes them through the lab sequence of events. And then the kind of culminates with group calls where we talk about their labs, we talk about a plan. Um, so yeah. And then my final goal is really to just try and teach some darn clinicians how to yeah. do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So is that all available at modernthyroidclinic.com? You know what? So the course is mccallmcpherson.com okay. forward slash courses or any of my social media links to it. Okay. Um, I'll I don't think I have notes. it on modernthyroidclinic.com. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes so everybody can have it. That's great. So there's options. There's working with you for a year. There's working with one of your clinicians. There's taking the course and being on group calls where they could be like, here's my labs. Can you give me mm-hmm. your two cents on this? Okay. That's great. Yep. Um, let's talk supplementation for a moment. What For anyone that's 
just dealing with any kind of thyroid dysfunction at all, what are some like no brainer beyond these supplements that you recommend? Yeah. So of course you can get like a thyroid blend. I always advocate for like blending everything together with those because they're all pretty basic nutrients, um, that are kind of itemized and controlled in a way that support thyroid. One of my favorite is MedCaps T3. So that's a great one. I really, when I think about supplements for people with thyroid disorders that can change their life, my mind goes to adrenal support because all of these people's adrenals are just so worn out and damaged. And it's another way that people can get and source some energy and repair um, while they're waiting to get their thyroid fixed. And you know, definitely ashwagandha is, I'm a big advocate for that. I'm a huge advocate for kind of glandular adrenals. My favorite is adrenal. And I'm sure I've talked to you about this, but, Mm -hmm. but I really want to find ways that people can source energy and repair their body from the damage of hypothyroidism. Oh yeah. What, how does it damage us? Yeah. So, I mean, really, really quickly, you get adrenal issues. Either they're too high and you can't sleep, you're anxious, you're wired, you're tired, or you can hardly get out of bed. You're not stress resilient. You can't go for a run or over-exercise or you'll be in bed for you know a nap later that day. Um, but obviously the, the down-regulation of your hormone production, you lose that metabolic potency. You know, You lose your insulin sensitivity. You lose your blood sugar metabolism, which leads to weight gain, which leads to um, pre-diabetes and high cholesterol and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That's why another reason, you know, I advocate, look, take the medicine. It can pr- protect your long-term health outcomes so yeah. much, yeah. you know? Oh yeah, I can. Okay. So let's talk perimenopause, menopause, and thyroid. Another thing I hear a lot is, oh no, I'm just perimenopausal and this is just the yes. way it is and I'm gaining weight and da da da. And uh, so I know that there's a huge dance that goes on between perimenopause, menopause, and thyroid dysfunction. Can you dive into that a little bit? That is so funny. I get that question constantly on my social media. So fantastic one. They're like, no, those are the symptoms of perimenopause. And and in my opinion, they're not. So um, sure, you can have some weight gain with peri, postmenopause, that kind of thing. But those symptoms fall into pretty distinct categories. Obviously, I've told you the symptoms of hypothyroidism repetitively, but to take you through peri or postmenopausal symptoms, I think we need to go hormone by hormone. And, you know, estrogen is like vaginal dryness, hot flashes, loss of skin elasticity, osteoporosis, osteopenia. But the two big ones that I look for are hot flashes, vaginal dryness. So very different than hypothyroidism, right? Mm, mm. Painful intercourse, that kind of thing progesterone, when you, you know, hit peri, especially, but obviously postmenopausal, you lose that progesterone. You start having massive insomnia, massive anxiety, you feel really irritable again, kind of painting a different picture than hypothyroidism. And then the only one that overlaps reasonably, you know, enough to be quite confusing is testosterone, you know, and I know we touched on those, but again, they're, they're a little bit of fatigue or that loss of physical stamina, low sex drive, um, difficulty exercising, recovering from exercise, building muscle, but still slightly distinctive. So I don't want people to just say, well, now I'm postmenopausal and this is how I'm going to feel a, you know, hormone replacement options can be wonderful for people suffering for with postmenopausal symptoms, but B I, I don't want people to just succumb to that. This is a different entity and very, very treatable. 
Mm. Can we talk a little bit about hormone replacement? Because I was taking a walk with one of my friends yesterday and she's telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, and she's like, I'm going to try CBD and I'm going to try this and that. I'm like, oh my God, please just go get some bioidentical hormones, please. (laughs) And this is another time I see. And again, like I am all for the natural stuff. I am, but I'm also for people not suffering needlessly. Amen. Because like, it doesn't matter how quote unquote clean you are with like, I don't know, not taking medication, but if you're stressed out and you're gaining weight and you feel terrible about yourself and you can't sleep, like at what point? So this is something I have to watch inside myself. And you know, this, like I have to remind myself, I'm not going to get a medal for never taking a prescription. You know, like I, I have to balance, okay, what is going to give me the best quality of life without looking to a pill or a prescription to fix me. Like it's all about taking personal responsibility. But where am I, you know, trying to be a hero in my holistic journey and not mm-hmm. not taking advantage of what science has to offer? Because I don't think Western medicine is this evil empire, you know? Some of it is, but not all of it. Some of it can be very, right. very helpful. So, and I just know there's so many women suffering because of hormones and perimenopause and menopause. So can you explain what bioidentical hormones are and how they can be life-changing? Yes. So bioidentical hormones are hormones that are made to mimic our natural hormones that we have innately. So they're not, they're very different than synthetic. Um, they work with our body much more easily as opposed to a lot of synthetic hormones work against, they go in and they change our physiology. This is more adjunctive. Like a perfect example of that is bio is progesterone. So, you know, progesterone that's synthetic really triggers a lot of symptoms of like anxiety, agitation, insomnia, the opposite of what bioidentical progesterone does, which triggers relaxation. It triggers less anxiety, less agitation, more better sleep, less insomnia. And it comes from yams. It comes from sweet potatoes. You know, how much more natural mm. does it get than progesterone coming from sweet potatoes? How, and I will how crazy tell you, is it that yeah. progesterone is in sweet potatoes? If you I eat know. sweet potatoes, are you to, getting progesterone? No, you are, but not enough. Okay. Like at one point I researched because a patient was like, could I just eat more sweet potatoes? And I looked it up and I think it was like nine pounds a day or something. Oh <laughs> That's a lot of sweet potatoes. <laughs> so not, not possible. <laughs> but I will tell you like every day, almost people come into my office or virtually and they cry about how much I've changed their life with thyroid treatment. But I will tell you, fixing a woman's progesterone is easily the the most life-changing thing I have ever seen in medicine because it happens immediately. Mm -hmm. And so I just can't overstate the life-changing impact that it has on women. So, you know, that's, that's a perfect example. Estrogen, same. Whereas I would never give someone synthetic estrogen. I, if you use estrogen replacement therapy in conservative controlled ways and bioidentical hormones, you can absolutely change people's lives and put them, I mean, I never want to say no risk, but very little, if any, negligible risk. And people are terrified of it, but it's mm-hmm. actually extremely safe, beneficial, protective of your bones, your brain, so many things as we age. Mm. Uh, the thing that's frustrating is, will insurance cover bioidentical hormones? No. Uh, So, I mean, in my case, almost never, but I will tell you, and that discourages people. However, usually like if you get progesterone and you get a 90 day supply, it's usually about a hundred to $120. 
which honestly is kind of close to a $30 to $40 copay a month, which is often what I pay for insurance-based mm-hmm. medication anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so worth it. Oh my God. So, so worth it. You worth can it. sleep and you're not struggling to lose weight and you don't have so crazy hot flashes. It. And this is, I was talking to my husband the other night and just about the struggles I'm having. And I'm like, I might need a little support. I might need a little hormonal support. And he's like, well, just only stuff that's natural, especially because you're breastfeeding. And I'm like, I, again, I'd love to stay totally natural and we are living in a world that makes that kind of impossible. I don't know if a hundred years ago, women needed hormone replacement. Probably not. Probably not. They weren't living with yeah. the same kind. I mean, definitely stress, but not the same kind of stress and input. And like you said, toxins that we are living with now. And so it's just so important that we don't suffer needlessly and reach out and get support, whether that's, whether that's medication or whether that's therapy or whether that's mm-hmm. more outside time or what whatever it is. But I see too many people just pushing through, especially my audience who are high achievers, know so much about personal development that sometimes it gets in their way. Like, oh, if I only, you know, work on my self-worth, then I'll, <laughs> then I'll feel better. Right. It's like sometimes you just need a little support. So thank you for being an advocate because I know you're very holistically minded. And you're, you're very conservative. And that's one of the things I love and respect about you is you're very specific and very conservative. You don't just throw prescriptions at people and hope they get mm-hmm. better. You get really down into the minutia. But by being an advocate for like, you know, let's get you to a place where you feel like you have your life force back. Because if you don't have that, what kind of life are you living? Right. And you get to reclaim your joy in your life, you know, as opposed to just surviving. And what I find so much about the, the push people, the people that just push through is by the time I see them, they've completely lost touch of how they're actually supposed to feel. Mm. They have no idea, you know, so we have to go through this whole process of reteaching them. Hey, this is optimal. This is what I want you to move forward in your life, comparing how you feel to, so that, you know, if you drift off 10%, because with that 10% drops your quality of life, but it also drops your productivity and you're having to push too much. And so, yeah, I mean, I am absolutely an advocate for, for get help that makes your push matter more, you know, that makes you your, what you put out into the world. It may, it allows you to do it that much more, that much bigger, that much greater. Yeah, it really does. What haven't I asked? What am I missing that you know, a lot of people struggle with or questions that you get or things you wish people would know about thyroid or just health in general. You really covered all, all the questions. The one thing I will say is kind of what you touched on towards the beginning of this conversation. That is one of the most emotional pieces of my job of, you know, you mentioned how, Oh, I guess this really isn't all in my head. Mm. I, I can't exaggerate when I tell you that 95 plus percent of women during their first appointment with me, tell me that exact thing of, wait, so you're telling me this isn't in my head. And so I think so many people are made to believe that this is in your head, that this is in your control, that you have to fix this yourself. And I just want to reemphasize like you have so many times that this is not in your head. This is a fixable condition. It's a biological thing that is mapped out on paper, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be analyzed and healed. So just don't, don't buy into that concept at all for a second that it is in your head and it's not fixable. Have you noticed any correlations between certain personality traits or certain trauma backgrounds that lean towards thyroid disorders or is it all over the map? 
You know, I haven't, you know, I'm all about like constantly analyzing data and patterns and things. And I haven't dug into the trauma piece in my practice mainly because I haven't, I haven't taken that information and collected it from people. But I can tell you without a doubt, research shows that trauma, especially in childhood leads to autoimmune disease and chronic health conditions later on. And so there has to be a correlation. Yeah. I mean, I see it all the time. And this is why it's that blend of, yes, deal with your trauma. Don't ignore that. We can't look to medication mm-hmm. to fix it. But it's really hard to deal with your trauma if you if your thyroid isn't functioning. You know, like it's really hard to go in and do that deep work. Oh, it's um, impossible. It's impossible. It's the hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. And this is coming. I mean, I have tried. You know, I have tried <laughs> so many things. And I yeah. finally surrendered to, you know what? This is... And, and I know for me, part of what switched my thyroid off, and we've talked about this, were some environmental things, some situations that I was in that I think just tipped me, but I think I was already mm-hmm. kind of like on that line. And yeah. so one thing that I'll just share, and maybe it'll be helpful for people, is I've just come to a place of acceptance. And I look at my armor as this beautiful support, mm-hmm. the same as I look at my vitamin D supplement. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't have any shame about taking supplements. You know, when I was younger and I was on antidepressants, I used to hide my antidepressants when friends came over or if I went on trips or anything, even even into my 20s when I was still on them. Like if I was dating someone new or whatever, I would just mm-hmm. I'd ha- always hide it or I'd put it in an Advil bottle or something like that because I had so much shame around being on medication. And I think that um, this isn't just something I experienced. I think a lot of people, especially people that have high expectations of themselves who Absolutely. always have been healthy, feel like they're a failure if they need medication. Um, and what I'm hearing you saying is you're not like, it's nothing you did wrong. It's not because you haven't done enough work on yourself. It's not because of anything. It's, it's sometimes just, it just is. And coming to a place of acceptance and surrendering, um, really can be helpful. Absolutely. And I love that you emphasize that message because it's a message that is not, is not shared enough. Yeah. Well, I'm just so grateful for you and the work that you do and, how you have made this your passion because it is the master gland. I mean, the thyroid is like mm-hmm. a control central. And when it's not, when it's not happy, it can really wreak havoc on our lives, on our relationships, on our finances, on our health. Um, so thank you for putting that into perspective and hopefully giving people some hope. Not hopefully, I know you did. So I just appreciate you. Thank you, McCall. And people can find you. McCall McPherson um, is your social media. And then, um, Modern Thyroid Clinic is where they can go for appointments and things like that. But I'll put links to that in the show notes. Anything else you want to share before we sign off? No, thank you so much for having me. I I appreciate you spreading, you know, this message together with me and advocating, taking your journey and advocating for so many more people. It's a, it's a special thing. Oh, it's my pleasure. 